athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Mendez on to kick a 40-yarder. This for the game. Here's a snap, a little low. The kick is up. It's blocked. It's blocked out of there, and Southern University will win the game. That block by the Southern Jaguars enabled the Jaguars to, to hold on to defeat the Grambling Tigers 30-28 in New Orleans last week. Southern defending its SWAC Western Division Championship. That audio courtesy of the Grambling Tigers Radio Network, my man Santoria Black on the call. Welcome to another edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. It's that time of season, and I'm in a giving mood. So today, I'm going to be giving my grades to the teams from the CIAA, to the teams from the SIAC, and I'm going to give a grade to the West Virginia State Yellow Jackets. And all of the grades are on our website right now at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com, at least the grades for the teams from the CIAA, the SIAC, West Virginia State, grade for Tennessee State is up there, Hampton, and some other teams as well. Going to give the grades or post the grades for the teams from the MEAC and the SWAC on next Thursday. And then on next week's edition uh, from the Press Box to Press Row, I'm going to give my grades to the teams or tell you why I gave the respective grades I gave to the teams from the SWAC and the MEAC. A lot of show to get to in this segment we're going to be joined by the head football coach of Alcorn State, Fred McNair. The Braves once again hosting Southern in the SWAC championship game on Saturday. The winner of that game will take on A&T in the Celebration Bowl on December 21st. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Your 2019 NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series champion, Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush, also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Thank you to all of the great affiliates around the country that carry From the Press Box to Press Row. We have a new affiliate to introduce today. Those that listen to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142. And those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Championship Saturday here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a man who's the head coach of Alcorn State. As a matter of fact, the Braves have won six straight, count them, six straight Eastern Division championships. Going to host another SWAC championship on Saturday against Southern as Fred McNair, the head football coach of Alcorn State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Coach McNair? Oh, man, you got it, man. Everything going all right? Good, man. Uh, for you, uh, your thoughts, another 
SWAC Eastern Division Championship. Uh, your thoughts on that and how your team has performed so far this season? It's been great. It's been a great run. I think that uh, what we do down here is kind of unique. And it's where we keep playing together and um, as a coaching staff and in preparation of each game every week uh, throughout each year. You know, uh, it's kind of fun, uh, especially when you got a good coaching staff behind you uh, that does a great job with the young men, preparing them day in and day out. And uh, and the guys, they, you know, they're taking their stride, man. You know, they, they've been on the stage before. They know what it takes to win. So, it's just the idea of just putting together a good game plan and executing on Saturday. Talk about bouncing back from the loss against Grambling, a tough loss uh, where you lose 19-16 in overtime and you had some must-win games down the stretch uh, and handled your business to get back to the SWAC championship game. You know, the biggest thing is that we talked before the season started, you know, just control our own destiny, uh, trying to win each and every game that we play. And uh, that loss to Grandma was a big, big blow to us. But, you know, our guys, you know, we've been there before, too. You know, uh, we had a loss, uh, I think, every year. You know, um, we won the Eastern Division title. And we were able to bounce back and gain control of it again. And uh, that loss kind of didn't really set us back. But the guys know how to handle the situation and did an outstanding job of uh, coming back and winning out uh, to be able to host the strike championship again this year. And what about, uh, you know, playing it against Southern? Uh, first of all, you know they're going to bring a good crowd, but you're going to bring a good crowd as well. It's going to be a big-time football game. But not only playing against Southern, you go back a couple of years ago where SWAT goes to this format of a home uh, a home series if you're the top team and, and you host it again. I mean, that's a really good thing. Do you like that? I mean, obviously you like playing at home, but do you like that uh, as opposed to playing at a neutral site? Yeah, I really do. I mean, it gives up a chance to, to be able to host it at home, build national televised, the national televised here on your campus. Uh, those are great, a lot of great things for the university. Um, the, the revenue, uh, uh, the exposure that the university get on national TV. So it does really good to be able to do it by that format. Um, hopefully, you know, it continues. Uh, but who knows? Um, it just, we just take it year by year and see what happens after that. Um, but we're excited about it. We're excited about uh, the venue we're going to have here this weekend against Southern, we know they're going to have a, a great crowd to come in. And, and of course, our, our fan base is going to be tremendous. So it's going to be a great ball game for us. Fred McNair in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alcorn State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Braves number one in both the Box to Row coaches and media polls hosting Southern for the second straight year in the SWAC championship game. What do you have, Coach McNair, in Felix Harper? He's a, he's a very genuine guy. He's uh, very humble. The guy does everything well, and he want to get it right. If he messes it up during the course of practice, he want to repeat it to get it right. So um, you take coaching. Um, you know, he, he waited, he's waited his turn. So this is a great opportunity for him. He took totally good advantage of it. A uh, very opportunity he had this year uh, to be successful. So he taking his stride. You know, Coach Pat White is doing a great job with him. Um, didn't understand the concepts of the routes and, and the coverage, so uh, he's taking his stride right now. He's doing a phenomenal job for us. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, you know, he wasn't the guy we were talking about 
uh, at the beginning of the year, but ultimately he's the guy that everybody's talking about now, offensive player of the year in, in the SWAC. has thrown maybe two, three interceptions on the season, has really gotten it done. And you talked about uh, Pat White. Can you, Because you've sort of been through this before. You know, John Gibbs was sort of your guy when you were the offensive coordinator back in 2015. And you've been in this situation sort of before, uh, and you have that next up man up mentality, and it has really produced fruit for you over the last four or five years at Alcorn State. It has, and you know, I, I've been a quarterback coach, and I've seen these guys come, and it seems like every senior year, uh, the quarterback in senior year gets hurt, and the next man up comes in and does a phenomenal job. So I don't know what it is. It's, it's some of the coaching that, that we do down here, and that's. That's some of our pedigree, pedigree down here at Alcorn is, is a quarterback position. It's a very good position to play, and, and uh, these guys take to this stride. They love playing that position, so hopefully we'll be able to hold up there and, and uh, get this thing done with the quarterback that we have now and finish off. Yeah. Uh, let me let me switch gears um, a little bit. We'll get back to talking about the upcoming game uh, against Southern because I want to talk about how uh, your brother Steve – uh, McNair was honored uh, by the Titans, uh, of course, as his number was retired uh, going back to the, you know, towards the beginning of the football season. What did that mean to you? That was a, that was a special moment for us and the family, you know, his wife, and uh, the way the Titans really did that, to, to honor him that way by retiring in Jersey. Um, that was special. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a moment that that captured everybody's eyes nationally. Um, you know, I knew one day they was going to retire the jersey, but just about when they was going to do it. Um, but it was very classic. Uh, I think the Titans organization did an outstanding job of, of putting that event on, and, and, and the crowd was phenomenal that day. So um, it was one of the things that I was looking forward to seeing. Uh, one day they retired that jersey, and just so happened that day they did it. So I was, I was very excited about it. A very emotional moment. Uh, it was great. Yeah, uh, no question about that. What do you remember most? I mean, you were the original Air McNair at Alcorn State. So what, what do you remember? Tell us about, um, you know, Steve, a great player for those that may not know. Uh, and, of course, finishing, you know, at the top of the Heisman his senior year, how great a player he was uh, at Alcorn State. And, hey, you weren't bad yourself. I tell you what, that, that, that young man did an outstanding job when he came here. You know, all other schools wanted to recruit him as a defensive back, but uh, he wanted to play quarterback. And I think that's one of the things that he liked about what I did when I was here and I played quarterback. And I guess he wanted to follow my footsteps. And, um, you know, he came and, and shadowed my footsteps. I mean, he, he broke their record that was here at Alcorn. And a uh, phenomenal player. He was an exciting player. Did everything the right way, you know, so – uh, this young man was an outstanding football player. I've never seen so much media uh, in my life because I came back and watched him play uh, at Alcorn. So he did a phenomenal job at this university. He's coming to play that position. A couple of more thoughts with Fred McNair, the head football coach at Alcorn State, who joins us here on the program. Southern coming off a big emotional win uh, over Grambling. Uh, your thoughts on Southern and some of the concerns you have about the Jaguars coming into this championship game on Saturday. I think the coach Oldham has done an outstanding job of getting those guys to play so hard by having to play a hard schedule during the early early part of the season. Uh, non-conference schedule was really good uh, for them in testing, but they will be able to play in the conference, at the SWAT conference. So 
Uh, Coach Oba done an outstanding job to where he at now. And, uh, and he's been on a full game uh, winning streak uh, since October 26th when we played him. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job in the Bayou Classic. Uh, they got some great players, defensive-wise. They're very talented, very fast. Uh, offensively, you know, they, they they got a really good running back. Uh, and Ben, uh, the quarterback skeleton, um, he's a great back, a quarterback. Uh, does a lot of things well. So we got our work cut out for us on Saturday uh, against Southern and the things that they do to 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 play. Yeah, no no question about it. Fred McNair, the head football coach at Alcorn State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Uh, again, the Braves are hosting the SWAC championship game on Saturday, taking on Southern. Coach McNair, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Braves. Thank you, sir. Promises to be a great football game still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row. NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series champion Kyle Busch. But up next, I'm giving my grades to the teams from the SIAC. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. Still to come here on the program, NASCAR driver Kyle Busch won the 2019 NASCAR Monster Cup Series Championship, won the regular season and the Cup Series. Also in the next segment, I'm going to give my grades to the teams from the CIAA. In this segment, going to give my grades to the teams from the SIAC. We're going to do this in alphabetical order, and we're going to start with Albany State. And Albany State had a very good season, uh, I thought, for Albany State. The Golden Rams going 7-4, and four, losing once again in the SIAC championship game, but making it back. Started the season out with two losses, one to then number one Valdosta State, a perennial power in Division II, then a loss to Mississippi College. That game was on the road. But a big win on the road at then number 15 West Georgia. And from there, the Golden Rams rolled, as a matter of fact, won uh, five straight football games before losing to a very tough Savannah State team who really, in essence, won the Eastern Division uh, championship, wasn't eligible for the SIAC championship, uh, but then rebounded, did Albany State to beat 
Morehouse and then in essence in the Eastern Division Championship game for the right anyway to go to the SIAC Championship game uh, just pounded Fort Valley State before again losing to Miles in the championship game. What got it done for Albany State this year uh, was defensively. Uh, Albany State, one of the leaders in terms of defense in the country. You look at their running game, Tracy Scott, uh, able to get it done. Not a whole lot from the passing game. I thought that Albany State had a solid season, and for that reason, I gave Albany State a B. Taking a B for boy. <laughs> Taking a look at Benedict, a tough season. And I'm when I say tough season, I mean a tough season for Benedict. You're talking about a Benedict program head coach by Mike White, who went one in nine this season. The only win was against Clark Atlanta. And where the Tigers generally hang their hats is on the defense side of the football, which wasn't bad this year. Like the defense wasn't bad. It was just the offense. I mean, the def- uh, the, the team as a whole gave up. Almost 29 points per game, but only scored about 19 points per game. And a lot of that was not from a defensive standpoint. It was from an offensive standpoint or really uh, a lack thereof from an offensive standpoint. Robert Cummings, the defensive back, is the truth. That guy is really, really good. Um, He's going to play in a couple of bowl games, get a couple of pro looks. Um, But really, uh, I didn't expect this. From Benedict, remember I picked them a couple of years ago uh, to play in the SIAC championship game. I had to give the Tigers an F. Central State on the season was looking uh, at a little bit more uh, from Central State on the season. Central State ultimately went three and seven on the season. Um, I know, I know the uh, Marauders got off to the the slow start. A lot was expected from Kevin Greenhow. Uh, He ultimately only played in five football games this year. A tough season uh, for Central State, who had a five and five record last year. As a matter of fact, I gave him probably, I think, a C plus if I have to think back on last year. Uh, Still uh, three wins for Central State. Those wins coming against Miles, uh, Edward Waters and Clark Atlanta. I mean, you got to give some positivity, if if you will, for the win against Miles. So with that. I gave Central State a D plus Clark Atlanta on the season. I, I, I mean, I don't really know what else to say um, about Clark Atlanta. Oh, uh, and oh, four, oh, four on the season. I mean, I think that I mean, I could read oh, oh, oh and 10. I mean, I could read stats to you all day and what Clark did and what Clark didn't do. I mean, one of the things uh, I guess if you looked at a bright spot, Uh, was the quarterback Charles Stafford, who had a pretty solid season. But that was about it. He didn't have any running game to aid him, any running game to speak of. um, And um, offensively, not very good. So unfortunately for Clark Atlanta, I gave them an F. Fort Valley State on the season. So when you look at Fort Valley State, a, a, a pretty decent season. He had an opportunity to play in that SIAC championship game. If you think about it, only, what, two, three years removed from winning the SIAC championship uh, as uh, uh, the Wildcats went 6-4 and four on the season. The obvious bright spot was Slade Jarman, the quarterback, uh, 18 touchdowns to five interceptions, completing 62% of his passes for almost 2,100 yards on the season again Fort Valley State with an opportunity 
in that uh, in that East, uh, in that uh, uh, Fountain City Classic and couldn't get it done. But when you look at uh, at at what uh, Fort Valley State was able to do, uh, won six straight games, including a win against Florida Tech. Started the season out with two losses, one to Miles, one to Florida A&M. Two tough losses to end the season. Savannah State and Albany State. Still, what I thought was a solid season for Fort Valley State. I gave the Wildcats a C plus Kentucky state on the season. Now this was a Kentucky state program that rebounded, had a bad season last year after coming off uh, a season going back a couple of uh, years ago where uh, Kentucky state thoroughbreds played uh, in the SIAC championship game, seven and three on the season came off, started off the season with a quality win over Robert Morris and FCS program. Followed that up with a close loss to Tuskegee, then beat FCS SWAC opponent Jackson State. So you're talking about a thoroughbred team that had two wins over FCS teams. But, you know, when it really counted, Kentucky State just didn't get it done. Lost to Morehouse, who was down um, this year. That was a very tough loss uh, for Kentucky State, who was really still in the running. Of course, ultimately lost to Miles um, also. But Brett Silby, the running back. Great season, almost 1,100 yards rushing, 5.8 yards per carry, had nine touchdowns on the season. Listen, Kentucky State thought had a better than solid season. I gave Kentucky State a B minus. Looking at Lane, a tough season uh, for the Dragons uh, in 2019 uh, as uh, unfortunately for Lane, uh, went four and six. Four and six on the season. Started the season out with a loss to South Carolina State. Uh, when you look at the Dragons, uh, two of the wins early on, Texas College and Edward Waters, you expect them to win those games. End of the season with losses to Central State and Benedict, you expect them to win those games. The other games, I mean, when, when uh, the Dragons lost five straight games, probably didn't expect them to win those games. At Miles, at Arkansas Pine Bluff, and at Albany State in back-to-back weeks. That's tough. Kentucky State was good this year, lost that game, uh, and lost a a, a respectable game to uh, Tuskegee, who was a little bit down this year. But at the end of the day, Tuskegee is Tuskegee. You look at Davis Kingston uh, in the running game, 651 yards rushing. Uh, You look at Tariq McKenzie in the passing game, 58% 58% of his passes completed 16 touchdowns to two interceptions. That's pretty solid. Um, you know, if I look at Lane, you know, they won the games they were supposed to win, lost the games they were supposed to lose. Like, I you know, I can't fault them for that. Um, you know, I gave Lane a C- minus for the season. Miles on the season, 9-3, and three, another SIAC championship started this season out great wins over fort valley state and morehouse uh, and slipped up uh, a little bit there against missouri s and t then went on a great four game winning streak before a surprising loss uh, at central state again give central state a little bit of credit then rebounded from that with still the siac western division crown in the balance defeated kentucky state went to uh Tuskegee defeated the Golden Tigers and then won this, the SIAC championship game against Albany State before ending the season on a loss at Lenore Ryan, uh, a tough football team. Uh, 
listen, much like Albany State, when you look at Miles, uh, it was all about defense. Miles really was able to get it done defensively. I like the running back uh, situation, especially with Dante Edwards, uh, who led uh, who led Miles uh, in rushing right there. And then, like I said, defensively, I mean, you can point to Mitchell Smiley. You can put, uh, point to uh, Nakatavius Floyd, who had a, a really good season, was the Boxer Row National Player of the Week uh, on one week. Uh, Miles, I thought, had a really good season, obviously. And I gave the Golden Bears and a looking at Morehouse on the season a lot was expected uh, a lot more was expected uh, not just from myself but just generally with Morehouse like I thought Morehouse was going to be the team to win the Eastern Division finish four and six uh, on the season uh, did Morehouse started the season off with a loss against Alabama and a tough game lost essentially on the last play of the game at that uh, football kickoff classic in Canton Ohio uh, won the games they were supposed to win, uh, defeated Edward Waters, defeated Benedict, defeated Clark Atlanta, even got a nice win against Kentucky State. Kentucky State wins that game. We may be talking about something different when it comes to the Eastern um, Division. Lost to Miles uh, on the road, uh, lost to Tuskegee um, in that in that Morehouse Tuskegee Classic uh, in Georgia, um, lost uh, at Fort Valley State and lost at Albany State like that's extremely tough but still I expected a little bit more like I'm like you know Santo Dunn the running back 590 yards rushing thought he'd run for a little bit more uh, than that but Frank Bailey also aided in that 576 yards rushing Michael Sims um uh was very productive last year he was he was pretty solid this year but probably expected a little bit more production from him with that being said uh when i look at morehouse won the games they were supposed to win um but but i think you have to look at a little bit more higher expectations for morehouse from that standpoint i would have to give morehouse a c minus savannah state coming back to the siac on the season for the Tigers, very, very, very good season in terms of coming back um, six and three on the season uh, went undefeated in conference play. Uh, when you look at Savannah State, I mean, it was all about the running game average, 258 yards rushing per game. Strong season, although ineligible for SIAC championship. And with that, I gave Savannah State a B plus Tuskegee. On the season, five and five. That's back to back five and five season seasons for Tuskegee. That cannot uh, be good there in Tuskegee, Alabama. But again, you look at Tuskegee, very good on defense, which uh, they generally are. Uh, offensively, not so much. Offense needed to be better uh, on this year. And uh, Tuskegee uh, had a strong finish to the season, four straight wins, but lost to Miles in what essentially was the Eastern Division Championship. I gave Tuskegee a C-. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, giving my grades to the teams from the CIAA. It's report card day here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Time to take a look at the teams from the CIAA. Again, going to do this in alphabetical order. Plus, I'm going to take a look at West Virginia State as well. First up, Bowie State went 11-1 on the season, undefeated regular season, won the CIAA championship game, lost in the first round uh, of the Division II playoffs, a home game, 
But what another great season for Bowie State, who really, uh, the Bulldogs hung their hats on the defensive side of the football. This was a very strong defensive team for Bowie State. I liked the play of Jerome Johnson, the quarterback. Ultimately, I, he was definitely a backup. He may have been third string coming into the season. And when Damon Wilson talked about the system, he selects in his coaching staff gets quarterbacks that fit the system. Jerome Johnson in his first year, 22 touchdowns against nine interceptions as a freshman, 58% of his passes completed for close to 2000 yards. That's doing something pretty special. But again, defensively is when he was the CIAA's offensive player of the year. Um, But Joshua Pryor, I, I know he wasn't the defensive player of the year, but this kid, a man child. 70 tackles, 35 of those solo, 25 tackles for loss, 13 sacks inside. He plays inside. He's a defensive tackle with those kind of numbers. Uh, Dimitri Morsell was the defensive player of the year in the CIAA. Nine interceptions on the season. Three of those were pick six. If I had to nitpick about Bowie State, it would be the fact that the Bulldogs have to win a first-round game. Now, I get it. Young quarterback, all of that. But got to win a first-round game. But the future looks bright. Probably would have given Bowie State an A-plus had they at least gotten out of the first round. But definitely the Bulldogs get an A. Chawan on the season. The Hawks 3-7. and seven. A bit of a tumultuous season, if you will. Tim Place stepped down after so many years uh, as the head coach. You had where Tyrell Freeman only played in five games. But Deshaun Wethington. Had 1,382 yards rushing, averaged 8.7 yards per carry uh, with 12 touchdowns. Uh, one of the bright spots for the Hawks. Uh, Bryce Witt, 22 touchdowns against 15 interceptions. Expected him to have a, a bigger season. But really where the problem was uh, for Chawan, where it, it's really been for Chawan for so many years, is on the defensive side of the football. Couldn't get it done defensively. I gave Chowan a D. Elizabeth City State on the season. Uh, the Vikings 2-9 and nine on the season. The quarterback, Kedrick Patterson, bit of a bright spot. 17 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. I think he's going to be good. And, you know, Anthony Jones as the head coach, this was really his first full season. He came in in May of last year, didn't have much to work with. So this was his first full season. I have no doubt that Elizabeth City State is going to be able to ultimately turn things around in a very tough Northern Division, be competitive with Anthony Jones as the head coach. But this year wasn't the year I gave Elizabeth City State a D minus. Fayetteville State, the Broncos, eight and three on the season, played in another CIAA championship game, came up short once again against Bowie State. But congratulations to Stevie Green. Like Stevie Green, uh, the last four years has been the best running back in the CIAA over a four year period and finally got kudos as a first team all CIAA member rushed for 1,124 yards, 14 rushing touchdowns on the season. I believe that led the CIAA 
Richard Lattimore uh, as the quarterback completed 64% of his passes, 15 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, would like to see a better touchdown to interception ratio. But where Fayetteville State was really, really good this year was on the defensive side of the football, giving up less than 300 yards per game. Couldn't quite get over the hump once again for Fayetteville State. Still, I thought a really, really good season for the Broncos. I gave the Broncos a B+. Johnson C. Smith, the Golden Bulls, four and six on the season. As I, as I, the last couple of weeks been setting up or had been setting up um, to talk about these grades, I always, t- or maybe it was on the podcast. Actually, it was on the HBCU Football Daily podcast. I would talk about Johnson C. Smith and say, you know, Johnson C. Smith, you look at the four and six record, but you can't let that four and six record fool you. I think Johnson C. Smith had a pretty doggone good season all things considered for whatever reason uh kermit blunt has not been able to really find a true quarterback to lead this team but i tell you what he found a gem in emmanuel wilson the running back 1040 yards rushing 13 touchdowns uh, one time this year he was the boxer row national player of the week he had i think a couple of games where he rushed for in excess of 200 yards in a ball game. I mean, if I look at Johnson C. Smith's schedule, first of all, the Golden Bulls ended the season with two wins. Uh, That was good, but they had a three-game stretch where they played Winston-Salem State, Fayetteville State, and Shaw. Lost to Fayetteville State by just one point, Winston-Salem 23-7, and Shaw, who had a really good season, 36-19. You know, a couple of wins at Benedict, which, uh, you know, at that time seemed like a pretty good win. Then, of course, beat up on Lincoln University of Pennsylvania. Listen, it it was a surprise. I didn't think Johnson C. Smith was going to be that good. I guess that's my point. So I gave Johnson C. Smith a C. Lincoln of Pennsylvania on the season. Wow. I mean, when you look at the Lions, it's just been tough. I I don't, you know, it's, you know, I don't know really what it is. Another 0-4 season, 0-10 on the season for the Lincoln Lions of Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I, I don't I, I mean, I, I'm trying to, you know, put my my finger on what it could be uh, with Lincoln. I mean, if I think about when they first joined the Lions, first joined the CIAA, they had some players and they, you know, were winning some games, four games, three games. They're not winning any games, and that's disappointing, I'm sure. Uh, Obviously, for Lincoln of Pennsylvania, I gave them an F. Livingstone, boy, I tell you what, Livingstone started the season off like gangbusters. Uh, 4-0 on the season. Livingstone finished the season 4-6. 4-6 for Livingstone after getting off to the 4-0 start. Got blown out by Virginia Union. A couple of close games lost at St. Augs, who, you know, remember St. Augs had that coaching transition uh, and still ended up winning that football game. Lost to Shaw uh, by seven points. But the last three games scored no points against Winston-Salem State, no points against Fayetteville State, and got blown out by Johnson C. Smith 34-6. to When you think about how Livingstone started out, and ultimately how Livingstone finished for Livingstone. I gave the Blue Bears a D minus. St. Augustine's on the season 2-8. and eight. 
for the Falcons. And, and, and really, this was a season for the Falcons where, uh, again, a lot of turmoil. You have the, you know, Tim Chavis uh, out as the head coach. We talked about this extensively, in essence, because players weren't eligible. Uh, and that's not really under his department. Uh, but at least for St. Augs winning two games, Livingstone, and then a nice win against Fayetteville State. Uh, but again, not enough. And I expected more from St. Augustine's this year. I, I realize a lot of uh, why the Falcons didn't have success was because the, the, a lot of the players weren't eligible, especially in the beginning. This was a team that came in to me, had a really young defense that was going to be really good. Uh, disappointing, but I got to give some kudos at least for the win uh, at Fayetteville State, no less. I gave uh, the Falcons a D minus. Shaw on the season. Shaw six and four on the season. I thought the Bears had a very very good season uh, this year, winning six football games and continuing to take steps in the right direction uh, with Adrian Jones as the head football coach. You look at the Bears' schedule, tough schedule to start out, uh, a loss at FCS Campbell, and then a loss to Bowie State. And I thought when the Bears lost that game to Bowie State, a game in which the Bears probably uh, could have won, maybe even should have won that football game, uh, I I said, you know, this may be a good season for the Bears. Went to two overtimes uh, at Shawan, won that game, of course, came back and, and beat Edward Waters. Really... Ended the season on a four-game winning streak. Lost at Virginia State and lost a close game at Fayetteville State by three points. Um, When you look at Sidney Gibbs, the running back, had a really, really good season. And remember, this was a defense that didn't have Devin Hunt, Hunt, the linebacker, who was uh, was Boxer All-America on last year. Sidney Gibbs rushed for 1,024 yards, nine touchdowns. Torian Campbell at quarterback, solid would have loved for him to cut down on the interceptions, but 19 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. I thought a good season, a good season for the Shaw Bears. I gave the Bears a B. Virginia State on the season. Virginia State was 8-2 and two on the season. I thought that the Trojans deserved uh, a playoff berth, but, I mean, I, I, I get it. Um, you, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, when you look at all the other teams that got into the playoffs, I mean, it's it's very tough. This wasn't going to be a year that the CIAA uh, got two teams in the playoffs, although it seemed like uh, the next to last week of the season in the regional seemed like Virginia State was either six or seven. Uh, so the, uh, the Trojans were right there. Only two losses on the season at Norfolk State um, and uh, against Bowie State. Uh, but, man, when you look at Virginia State in the season, I mean, that was a big win to end the season against Virginia Union. Uh, Cordario Cook, uh, again, at the quarterback, solid, nice win for Virginia Union, uh, Virginia State to end the season against Virginia Union. Ultimately, I gave Virginia State a B plus for Virginia Union, seven and three on the season. And, you know, when you look at this Virginia Union team, I mean, this is a team that started the season out uh, with a great, and I mean a great win against Hampton. Nobody would have thought that um, uh, Virginia Union would have won that football game, but a big-time win against 
uh, again against Hampton. And, uh, you know, a, a decent season. I mean, a tough loss to Lenore Ryan. Uh, Lenore Ryan, a very tough team out of the sack. Extremely tough team. But then Virginia Union goes uh, on a nice winning streak, winning five straight games. But, again, uh, can't get over the hump at Bowie State and then lost ultimately the last game of the season um, to Virginia Union. And, you know, when you think about Virginia Union, Tobias Taylor, the running back, not as effective this year as he was last year. I like the kid Khalid Morris in the passing game. Still a solid season, better than solid season for Virginia Union. I gave the Panthers a B. Winston-Salem State on the season uh, as the Rams uh, went four and six on the season. Tough year for the Rams and you look at the you know you look at the win at Tuskegee at the time seemed like a good win couple of tough losses at UNC Pembroke at Catawba a tough season for Winston-Salem State I gave the Rams a D plus let's look at West Virginia State out of the Mountain East seven and four on the season on the cusp of possibly going to the playoffs couldn't quite get it done lost that last game uh, to Notre Dame uh, but uh, I'm going to tell you what a tough loss to the University of Charleston really hurt the and to Urbana really really hurt the chances uh, of the Yellow Jackets this year Austin Hensley the quarterback was first team all mech and had a really good season perhaps if he had played against Notre Dame College it would have been different for West Virginia State still a very good season for the Yellow Jackets continues to improve under John Pennington I gave the Yellow Jackets a B. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, switching gears and talking with Kyle Bush. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online www.boxtorow.com That's from the press box to press row Real Relevant Radio We track down the names making news in sports From the press box to press row It's Donald Ware From the press box to press row Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We've got the gentleman who won the 2019 Monster Energy Cup Series Championship. Also won the regular season drives at number 18, Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing. Five wins, 17 top fives, 27 top tens. Kyle Bush joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Kyle, congratulations and welcome to the program. Yeah, man, appreciate that. Thank you very much. It was uh, an awesome year. Had a lot of fun. Oh, man, it wasn't awesome. Like, it was it was, it was, was a really, really good year. But the real question, though, Kyle, first and foremost, is how do you win the WWE 24-7 title and then lose it immediate, almost immediately? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, uh, that, was, uh, that was a tough loss for sure. I'm just glad that uh, 
at least on my resume, I can put down former WWE champion. So. <laughs> You know what tickled me though, Kyle. I, I didn't see it live, but uh, what, what sort of tickled me when uh, when it was RJ came came from behind. All of a sudden, you saw a referee come into the picture and count you down. Yeah, no, I didn't even see those guys coming. I was just uh, <laughs> celebrating with my two trophies and having a good night, doing some selfie videos, and then let Michael go get the car ready because I knew they'd be coming after us, but I didn't expect it to be that quick. So, um, you know, it was, it was I don't know, it was about an hour's worth of uh, of celebrating. And then um, a whole night's worth of uh, diminished feelings. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Kyle Bush George is here on the program, winner of the 2019 Monster Energy Cup Series Championship. What did it mean to you, Kyle, to win the championship series your second? Uh, I mean, it's amazing. You know, you, you dream of these moments and you dream of these experiences and being uh, being able to go out there and, to succeed and achieve and, and do all of that and to be able to accomplish it is, is awesome. So um feels amazing. And, and being with such a great group of guys, all my team and everybody that, that helps me get to this point is what it's all about. And to help cel- to celebrate with them and to be a part of it, to have them out here with us there this weekend is going to be awesome. You had to feel like this was going to be a phenomenal season, which ultimately it was. When you start the season with 11 top 10 finishes talk about that and what that meant and did you think because of the success that you were having that it could ultimately lead to this championship uh you know i certainly would uh would like to think that starting off the season strong is is a good place is a good way to do it um we certainly came out of the box strong we had some really good finishes we had some things that were going our way and fast cars it seemed like we kind of caught on to the package um a little quicker than some of the other people did but as the season progressed and wore on, those other guys, they got better, and, and uh, they certainly gave us a fight there down towards the end. But overall, um, you know, coming out of the box with those uh, top tens in a row and, and being able to set tie the record, I think, was, was pretty awesome. I'd, I'd like to be able to break that record. I didn't even know that existed till about eight weeks in. So um, we were trying like heck the last couple of weeks to be able to get those top tens and just squeaked it out. How if you go back to last year, you win the regular season, finish fourth in the championship. How much did that fuel you uh, for 2019, where, of course, you won both the regular season and the Cup Series championship? Yeah, last year was I mean, every year you you continue to learn and you continue to evolve and and try to get better and learn from your mistakes and things like that. So that's what you do all the time. But last year we won that regular season. We knew how important winning that regular season was and picking up those bonus points and carrying those on through the playoffs that kind of helped us this year as well as last year to be able to reach that uh, that final round at Homestead so um, I wouldn't say that's everybody's goal but it certainly is uh, is one that that could be noted Kyle Bush drives the number 18 for toy uh, the number 18 Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs racing winner of the 2019 Monster Energy Cup Series championship joins us here on from the press box to press row Kyle how how similar or different uh, is this championship compared to 2015? Uh, to me, it's very similar. Um, I look at it like 2015, we we won four races. Our final race that we won in the regular season was Indy, uh, which was like August, and then we didn't win again until Homestead for our fifth race of the year, and we went a long stretch. And kind of the same thing happened this year where we won four races in the regular season, our last one being at Pocono, which was in June, and went actually a little bit longer before we won the final race at Homestead. So um, you never want to go through a dry spell. Uh, you always kind of want to show everybody that, 
that uh, you're a force to be reckoned with and that you're going to be a contender. And I think everybody always kind of, kind of thinks we are. Just there was some things that were biting us there um, during the, the mid-run, the last third of the season that just didn't quite go our way. But uh, we got it when it all mattered most there at Homestead. And, and um, you know, we can celebrate a championship now. You know, I hadn't had a chance to look at all. I mean, you've been doing this a, a long time. Definitely one of the best in the game. Didn't have a chance to really look at uh, some of the numbers from other years. But when I say for this year, I look at five wins. I look at 17 top uh, fives and then 27 top tens. Was this your best season? Uh, pretty close. I would definitely have to agree, yeah. But um, I do think last year... Um, was a little better if it, if only we could have been better at homestead and won the championship at homestead uh last year would have actually been better i think my average finish was stronger i think um we had more wins i think we had eight wins on the season maybe seven wins on the season so um last year was really good as well too we just didn't come home with the hardware when it mattered most Kyle Bush joins us here on the program. 205 wins all time uh, on the NASCAR National Touring Series uh, is the most all time. I mean, you've won 50 plus wins in each of the three series. Um, what does that what does that mean to you? I think it's I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of things that go into all this racing stuff and you know, being able to do it on, on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays and Truck Xfinity and Cup is what it's all about. So, um, you know, this is what I do. This is what I love. This is who I am and and um, and what I've poured my life and soul into. So uh, my wife and my, my son, they come with me and travel with me every single weekend. They support it. And, um, you know, it's nice that for as much work as it is and what you all what you have to do to put into it, that you reap the re- rewards and the benefits of it at the end of the day, bringing home a championship. That makes it all worth it. Um, it's just those years that you're not able to, to close out a year with a championship that, that um, you know, makes it so tough on you that you just weren't able to get everything you wanted to get out of it. A couple of more thoughts, Kyle. We appreciate the time. How is Kyle, uh, the, the 2019 Kyle Bush, uh, how has he grown uh, compared to the 2005 Kyle Bush with the first win at the, uh, what was that, in California uh, back in 2005? Um. Good question. You know, I think that, uh, you just, you get older over time, you go through experiences and, uh, you come to understanding how to handle situations a little bit better. Not all situations. Of course, I'm still a work in progress. I think we all are, but, um, it's been good, you know, with, with 2005, obviously being young and, uh, and brash and whatnot, I still kind of do some of the same things, say some of the same things, but, um, maybe in a little bit different way and comes off a little softer. Yeah, and, and, and being your brother, Kurt, of course, won, uh, has won the Cup Series uh, in the past. You guys finished one and two uh, at Kentucky. Uh, the Elder Bush came out uh, on that one. But, of course, ultimately you win the Cup Series in 2019. So talk about that. You know, sort of one of those deals where iron sharpens iron. This was the third time in you all's career that you all finished one-two. It was, yeah. That was pretty special. Uh, it was the first time he won, so uh, I had to give him one, you know, to give him a, a shot at, uh, at at having one of those uh, brother one-twos and him being one. So, um, you know, we did it first in 2015 at Sonoma, and then uh, we did it again at Bristol earlier this year, and then we followed it up again at Kentucky where he was able to win. But it was a good show, uh, great race, um, side-by-side action. He actually kind of uh, helped me um, on that last restart. He made it three wide on Joey Logano, who was leading at the time, and we shuffled him back, and then it was just a race between he and I. So it was 
pretty intense and, um, you know, cool to, to have that exciting finish like that. And then last thought, we appreciate the time. How much, I mean, I know you want to, you're probably going to relax a little bit. The, the, the series or the season starts back up uh, in February, of course, with the uh, Daytona 500. Um, how much are you looking? I mean, I guess you're, you know, you got a lot of stuff you got going on this week in Nashville. And it's all good. But, you know, when do you start to prepare uh, for 2020? Um, yeah, I'm going to take some downtime. We're going to, we're going to let uh, 2019 soak in a little bit here and I'm not going to worry about next year until after the new year, at least. So, um, you know, somewhere in January, I've got some, uh, some Rolex 24 racing that I'm going to do, uh, during January and, and kind of go run the, uh, the 24 hour race there and endurance race in Daytona. I'm going to enjoy that. Haven't done that before. So, uh, from there, that's when our season's going to start back up, so it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, he drives the number 18 Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing, winning his second Monster Cup Series, Monster Energy Cup Series championship. He is Kyle Bush. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Kyle, we appreciate the time. Look forward uh, to seeing you and talking with you in 2020. Have a have a, a, a Merry Christmas and great holiday. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, enjoy your holidays and um, be safe. Will do, Kyle. Kyle Bush joining us here on the program. Well, my time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Kyle Bush for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also to Alcorn State head football coach Fred McNair for joining us on the program. I broke down the game between Southern and Alcorn State on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast from Wednesday. Log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. You can also now download the HBCU Football Daily Podcast at iHeartMedia.com. want to welcome our newest affiliate and those listening to us in Fairbluff, North Carolina, on Old School Joy 1480 and 103.7 FM. Thank you for making From the Press Box to Press Row a part of your day don't forget about the hbcu football daily podcast want to remind you about that uh continue to listen getting some good feedback from that and want you to continue to listen to that gonna give my grades to the teams from the miac and swack on next week's program and always remember to support those that support you from the press box to press row is presented by dw communications Yo